0: Thank you for that kind introduction. Um, I'm I'm always happy uh, to spend some time here in Shri Shri Radha Gopinath Mandir because there's always a special special energy here, <laughs> which we don't see. Yeah, there's a unique devotional energy. I think, uh, which, of course, we have in in all of our temples around the world, but there's something special about this temple. What do you think? Right? Yes. <laughs> have to, yes, let us admit something special. <clears throat> okay. So, um... I'm a little bit in trepidation. I mean, such a, so many of you, and uh, you're expecting so much. (laughs) Oh, here's a Swami. He's been traveling. He's this, that, the other thing. So now I have to really perform, right? But actually, this is um, perhaps one of the things we can reflect on together uh, is how to what extent is spiritual life about performance and to what extent is it about serious um, self-discovery, which may be something different from performance. Srila Prabhupada often uh, spoke of devotional service as Performance. We perform devotional service. And we think of that. We think of. We saw. I have to confess, I came late for the uh, performance of uh, the younger generation. I wish I hadn't because I'm, I'm a great fan of drama of all kinds, uh, devotional drama. Um, so there's that kind of performance, performance in public, but also we are, each one of us, we, just being, just being in this world, um, there's a certain amount of performance of, well, in a negative sense, we might say show. We're sometimes putting on something of a show, isn't it? Um, that's not necessarily a bad thing. We, we have to uh, function uh, within society and, and that's part of the process. But sometimes we need to go inside and see what's actually going on, what's going on inside myself. What is, what is the, you know the word trajectory? What's the trajectory of my spiritual life? So that's what the Bhagavatam is helping us to do. And um, in this passage, in chapter 17, first canto, Punishment and Reward of Kali, we see what might be called misperformance, bad performance by Kali. And what is the response? How does uh, the king, the emperor, Maharaj Parikshit, how does he respond to that? And more specifically here, he, he is responding to a wonderful statement or statements that have been made uh, just prior to what we're reading by the personification of dharma uh, in the form of a bull. Okay. Let us begin. Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya. Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vāsudevāya Om Namo Bhagavate Vāsudevāya Narayanam, Narayanam, Narayanam Namaskritya Naram Chayvanarottamam Deving Sarasvatiṃ Vyāsaṁ Tato Jayamudirayetamudiray, jaya Nashtrayeshva Badreshu, Sastamareswam Veshu, Sevaya, Nityam bhagavata Sevaya, Bhagavati Yuttama Bhakti Bhavati so, Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 1, Chapter 17, Punishment and Reward of Kali, verse number 23. Attavadeva Mayaya. Deva Mayaya. Attavadeva Deva Mayaya. Agochara. Nunangatir Agochara, Nunangatir Agochara, Cheta so vachasas chapi, Cheta so BHUTANAM chapi, Bhutanam itinis Bhutanam itinis Atva Deva Mayaya, Atva Deva mayaya. Nunam Gatira Gauchara, Nunamatira Gochara, Nunam Chaita Sovachaschapi, so Sashati, Bhutanam ITINISCHAYA Nishaya, Deva. Sasha Mayaya, Patawa deva Ladies, What does this mean? <laughs> Atava, Atava alternatively, Atava. Deva, Deva, the Lord, Lord. Maya, energies, energies. Nunam, Nunam, very little, very little. Gati, Gati, movement. Agochara, inconceivable, Inconceivable. cetasa, either by the mind, mind. vachasa, Vachasa. by words, words. cha, Cha. or Or. api, Api. also, Also. bhutanam, Bhutanam. Of of all living beings, Iti, Iti, thus, thus, Nishchaya, nishchaya concluded. It. Conclude it. Translation and purport by his divine grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada Translation Thus, it is concluded that the Lord's energies are inconceivable. No one can estimate them by mental speculation, or by word jugglery. <laughs> Prabhupada's special expression, word jugglery. You know what is jugglery? Juggling, like uh, you have some balls or something, some juggler takes two, three, four, five, and is throwing them up in the air and keeping them going. That's juggler, Juggling. Word jugglery is taking many words and throwing them up and down in the, in the air and sounding, sounding very impressive but saying nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Purport. A question may be raised as to why a devotee should refrain from identifying an actor although he knows definitely that the Lord is the ultimate doer of everything. We'll have to do some explaining here in the context, but let's continue. Knowing the ultimate doer, one should not pose himself as ignorant of the actual performer. To answer this doubt, the reply is that the Lord is also not directly responsible, for everything is done by His deputed maya shakti, or material energy. The material energy is always provoking doubts about the supreme authority of the Lord. The personality of religion knew perfectly well that nothing can take place without the sanction of the Supreme Lord. And still, he was put into doubts by the deluding energy. And thus, he refrained from mentioning the Supreme Cause. This doubtfulness was due to the contamination of both Kali and the material energy. The whole atmosphere of the age of Kali is magnified by the diluting energy. And the proportion of measurement is inexplicable. So ends Srila Prabhupada's purport to this... Uh, verse, a rather um, intriguing purport. <laughs> Let's see if we can unpack it some. Oma jnana timarandasya jnana jana shalakaya chakshurun minatam yena tasmay sri gurave namaha shri Stapitam yenabhutale svayam rupa kadamahyam tadati svapadantikam vandeham shri guru shri yutta padagamalam shri guru vaisnavam shri rupam sagrajatam sahagana ragunatam vitam tang sajivam sadvaitam sabadutam Parijana Sahitam Krishna Chetanya Devam Sri Radha Krishna Padam Sahagana Lalita Sri Vishak Nama Om Vishnu Krishna Pristaya Bhutale Shri bhakti Vedanta Swamin itinamine Namaste, Sarasvati Deve, Gauravani Pracharine, Nirvishesha Shunyavadi, Paschatyadeshatarine, Vanchakalpatruvyascha, Kripa Sindhuvya Bhavanevyo, Vaishnavavavyo Namo Namaha, Hey Krishna Karuna Sindhu, Dilabando Jagatpate, Gopesha Gopika Kanta, Radha Kanta Namastute, Tapta Dorangi Radhe Vrindavaneshwari, Vrishabhanu Sute Devi, Pranamami Hari Priye, Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya, Prabhu Nityananda, Shiyadbeta Gadadhar, Shiva Sari, Gauravakta Vrinda, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. In this section of the Bhagavatam, we're in the midst of a discussion of uh, the king, the emperor, Maharaj Parikshit, with a certain bowl, no ordinary bowl. Uh, This bowl speaks perfect Sanskrit, uh, and this bowl is identified as none other than the embodiment of Dharma. And he has been identified as such explicitly, um, by Maharaj Parikshit, after hearing from uh, this Dharma bull, his reply to Parikshit Maharaj's question, namely, "Who has done this to you? Who has uh, committed this crime against you?" Uh, the bull has been uh, attacked and. Uh, harmed, seriously harmed, in three of his legs. Uh, We understand, of course, as we read or hear the Bhagavatam, who is the cause, namely uh, the personified Kali. And this personified Kali, uh, in his disguise uh, as a king, Despite his being not a king, but rather a non-king, <laughs> a shudra, uh, despite knowing this, what does uh, the what does uh, the the dharma bull respond? He does not respond as we would expect. Rather, he says um, rather unobvious. Uh, point. He says we cannot know what is the cause. Uh, we find it uh, problematic to know what is the cause because there are many different opinions about the whole subject of causation. What does it mean to say that one one event causes another event? Uh, this is a major debate in philosophy. It's also an it's very much an issue in modern science uh, and uh, in all areas. in in the legal area, it is a major issue. Who has committed the crime, or as would be said in some detective novels, "Who Done It"? Uh, Who committed the crime? Who committed the murder? Uh, We're looking for the cause of an event, uh, especially in the case of a crime, because we want to identify responsibility. And we want to identify responsibility because um, society requires that uh, we are answerable for our actions. Um, so this is this is broadly the context. And when when uh, the, the 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 Dharma bull says, "It's hard to say <laughs> um, what is the cause of this uh, of this situation." Um, the response of the king is also surprising. We might expect this king to say, come on, tell me, We, we know. I know who is the cause, I just want to hear you say it. <laughs> um, we might expect him to respond like that, but he doesn't respond that way. Rather, he responds by saying, oh, this is so wonderful. How you have responded shows to me that you are none other than Dharma personified. Dharma personified. How is that to be understood? It's very interesting. It's um, it's explained. It's in the last statement of uh, the the bull. Mm is it the last statement he says the person who points to someone as uh, as as the, the the cause of some crime that person will be subjected to the same punishment as the person who has committed the crime now when we hear that we Again, we're we're saying, wait, what? <laughs> how, how can you say, how to understand this? Again, society seems to require uh, that we recognize responsibilities um, and faults in others. <clears throat> uh, the Bhagavad Gita also speaks. Krishna speaks about uh, about faults in our actions and krishna says something very interesting on this in this regard even though there's fault in uh, your actions well first of all he's saying there's going to be fault <laughs> whatever we do there's going to be fault there's going to be something wrong uh, there's going to be mistakes, there's going to be cause of trouble for others. Unintentional as it might be, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Uh, and Krishna says, Sahajam karma sadosham api, even though there's dosha, even though there's fault, natya jade, one should not give up one's duties. One should not give up one's, uh, yeah, one's one's prescribed duty. So that's also surprising. We're getting all of these surprising responses. Um, first, uh, the surprising response of the, the bull, then the surprising response of the king. And now we get a further surprise from Śrīla Prabhupāda in his explanation, of what's going on, but let's begin again with the verse itself. Um, Maharaj Preekshat is saying, thus it is concluded. Well, let me go back one verse. He says, O you who are in the form of a bull, you know the truth of religion, and you are speaking according to the principle that the destination, oh, here it is, what I was looking for, the destination intended for the perpetrator, the one who does something wrong, the destination intended for the perpetrator of irreligious acts is also intended for one who identifies the perpetrator, you are no other than the personality of religion. Okay, so there, there's the hmm, the the heavy statement, <laughs> which may cause us to think twice before we point out someone else as being faulty in something, isn't it? May cause us pause to think. Okay, so then, um, then, Parikshit Shriman says. Thus it is concluded that the Lord's energies are inconceivable. How is it that this led to that conclusion? No one can estimate them by mental speculation or by word jugglery. Okay, let's think about this. What's happening? Maharaj Pariksit is saying, okay, we know that the cause of all causes is the Supreme Lord. Hmm? Huh? What is it? Ishvara Parama Krishna Satchitananda Vigraha Anadiradir Govinda Sarvakarana Karanam The cause of all causes. And we can think of that, cause of all causes, we can think of it sequentially. So here's here's the cause of all causes. Shishiradha Gopinath and then from him come another cause, and then another cause, and then another cause. And like that, you can think as sequentially. But also, another way to think about this is there's so many simultaneous causes to things. Historians especially, Uh, wrestle with questions of causality. Um, The famous example in European history is, what was the cause of the French Revolution? It was a a question we got in school. uh, You also got it, huh? (laughs) Yes. What was the cause of the French Revolution? And then, well, there's this theory and that theory and the other theory, and there was Marie Antoinette saying, what, they they don't have bread, let them eat cake? Right, that famous uh, urban myth. Um, So, but the, the, the historians will generally come to a broader conclusion. Actually, there are so many causes. And the Vaishnava says, yes, so many causes, they can be simultaneous. And behind all of those causes, there's one, and that is uh, Sarva Karana Karanam Ishvara Krishna. So I think this is what uh, um, Maharaj Pariksit is, is pointing out. He says, the Lord's energies are inconceivable. That means everything is happening by the Lord's energies. And as Prabhupada is going to explain in this purport, says, we may want to, we talked about this two days ago, we may want to point our finger at Krishna. If he's the cause of everything, then that means he's the cause of all the trouble. He's the cause of especially my troubles. (laughs) right? <laughs> as, as it said, when, when things are going nicely for us, then it's my expertise, my cleverness, my, right? I'm doing everything right. And when things go wrong, it's all his fault, right? <laughs> That's the tendency. But here, Prabhupada is saying something very interesting. Isn't it? He says, uh, uh, the personality of religion knew perfectly well that nothing can take place without the sanction of the Supreme Lord, and still he was put into doubts by the deluding energy. No, back up. He says, uh, the reply is that the Lord is also not directly responsible for everything is done by His deputed Maya Shakti. Uh, in the second canto, we have this uh, famous verse where Maya Shakti speaks. Vilajya manaya yasyastatum ikshapate amuya uh, Vimohita vikatante mamaham iti durdia." She says, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. Viladjamanaya." Why I'm embarrassed to stand before the Lord because I have a service which is a thankless service. <clears throat> you know this expression, a thankless task. Uh, Maya is the primordial has the primordial thankless task. She has to do what nobody appreciates and which we all would like that she would not do, and that is, she puts us into illusion, she puts us into darkness, she puts us into forgetfulness, she puts us into a condition where we think, yeah, actually, I am at the center of the universe. I've understood this, and even if no one else understands it, We have a hard time getting others to to be convinced that it's me, I'm in the center of the universe. And Maya Shakti, Maya Devi, is constantly reassuring us (laughs) and saying, no, it's really true. It's really true. You are in the center of the universe. Even if nobody appreciates, that's really where you are. And then, uh, because she works very hard at this, Maya Shakti uh, also suffers. yasya statu mikshapate amuya mamaham She is causing, she is an agent in making us say the same thing again and again we have a certain mantra that we like to chant. What is that mantra? Mama, aham. Mama, aham. That is our mantra. I and mine, or mine and I. And that is, uh, instead of chanting the mantra which liberates us and which um, brings us to Krishna, the maha-mantra, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Krishna Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Instead of chanting this, what are we chanting? Aham, mama, aham, mama, aham, mama. (laughs) So uh, this is our unfortunate condition, but... um, Dharma personified, Prabhupada is explaining here, understands the Lord is not to blame. The Lord is not to blame for our condition. The Lord has agents, but those agents are serving the Lord. So then then you may want to say, well, if they're serving the Lord, that means that the Lord is to blame. No. (laughs) No. The Lord has many energies, one of which is uh, this uh, Maya Shakti. He has many energies and they're inconceivable. And that inconceivability of the energies has for us a specific... This should lead us to a specific conclusion and that is to have a little humility. We cannot understand how the many energies of the Lord are functioning, but we can understand behind it all is the Lord, and the Lord has has lessons for me. Something I've noticed, maybe you've also noticed in the Bhagavatam, so many of the narratives in the Bhagavatam are about how the Lord teaches us humility, how the Lord uh, addresses the the tendency that we all have uh, toward pride. Pride is um, well, pride is a problem, <laughs> and. How is it a problem? It is that which um, covers us more than anything else in terms of our emotions. What is pride? Pride is the sense that I have accomplished something. I'm pretty good at X, Y, or Z. Um, but I'm not so sure that I can sustain this ability I'm not so sure that I can do again what I think I've done myself that's what one way of understanding pride. we see um, Krishna concerned when he sees his devotees being unnecessarily prideful. We may understand. We can, we can understand actually the term pride in two ways. Pride is in and of itself, not necessarily a bad thing. Sometimes Srila Prabhupada would speak of false pride. And when he would speak of false pride, then that means there's also real pride. But then what would real pride be? What could that be? Well, I want to give one example of what I would call real pride, which I personally witnessed uh, in seeing Srila Prabhupada. In 1977, Srila Prabhupada made a surprise visit to Bhakti Vedanta Manor in London in September of 1977. This was only about two months prior to his departure from this world. It was a surprise visit because we, uh, devotees around the world, knew that he was in Vrindavan, that his health uh, was uh, very much compromised. And so we were very surprised that he came to London. Those of us in Europe, when we got the news, immediately went to London to see Śrīla Prabhupāda. And it happened uh, that uh, this was during the time of Janmashtami, Sri Krishna and Janmashtami, and then, of course, the next day we celebrate Srila Brabhapad's Vyasa Puja. And so we felt extremely fortunate to be present um, with uh, personally with Srila Brabhapad during his Vyasa Puja celebration. And Prabhupada attended personally his celebration, despite his um, very diminished physical condition. And here is the point, that um, whether he indicated or whether uh, His Holiness Tamal Krishna Maharaj proposed, I don't know. But in any case, as Śrīla Prabhupāda sat and we all faced him, Tamal Krishna Goswami stood next to Srila Prabhupada uh, and faced all of us and he proceeded to tell the story of Srila Prabhupada's life. He told the whole story from his childhood uh, through uh, up to the present time and he he would occasionally look over to Śrīla Prabhupāda and sort of check whether Prabhupada, whether he was saying appropriate, and Prabhupāda would look and he would nod. And that nod that Prabhupāda gave uh, was a nod of, it was simultaneously a nod of approval. Yes, you are describing accurately my life, Because Srila Prabhupada, over the course of the long time that that, uh, Tamal Krishnamaraj had his association, he um, would tell about his life experiences, his childhood, his uh, time as a householder, his uh, eventually leaving home, uh, going to Vrindavan, and so on. So it was simultaneously approving his description, and what I could see is Prabhupada was approving his own life. (laughs) He was nodding to say, yes, I did it. I accomplished my purpose in this life. I have followed the order of my spiritual master. I have been successful in my preaching of Krishna consciousness. And what I saw was that Prabhupada was proud of himself. But he was not falsely proud, he was really proud. He had a good reason to be proud. It was authentic pride. Uh, It is said that authentic pride is... Pride in the instruction of one's spiritual master and pride in one's ability to follow that instruction or those instructions. That is good, healthy pride. We have an expression in English, um, healthy fear of God. Have you heard this expression? It's good to have a healthy fear of God. Or we might rather want to say, no, we don't want to fear God, but we want to fear maya, uh, Krishna's energy, external energy, which will uh, turn us into the sort of monsters (laughs) uh, who would turn away from God. We don't want that. And so we maintain a healthy fear. And we can also pursue a healthy pride in following the directions of the Vaishnavas, in following Krishna's directions in Bhagavad Gita, Krishna's directions in Srimad Bhagavatam, Krishna's guidance. We can, we can feel some pride in that. The danger is, though, that we turn that pride into the false type of pride, which happens when? That happens as soon as we are looking for recognition from anyone other than Krishna. So we get some warning for this and some help in how to avoid this from Srila Raghunath Das Goswami. I wanted to share this with you. Do you want to hear what Raghunath Das Goswami says on this subject? Oh. <clears throat> he says like this. <clears throat> I like the, the. This is his Manashiksha, uh, and this is verse number seven. And um, don't mind, I like to uh, read the Sanskrit first. It's very sweet. Pratishta shadrishta shvapacharamani meh ridipatet natet katam sadhu prema sprishati suchire tan nanumana sadhatvang sevasva pravudaita saman. Tamatulam, yata tang tvaritami hatang deshayatisa. As long as the unchaste, dog-eating woman of desire for prestige dances in my heart, how can the chaste and pure lady of love for Krishna touch it? Therefore, O oh mind, you should always serve the incomparable beloved devotee commander of Krishna's army, who will immediately throw out the unchaste woman and establish the pure lady of love in the heart. So what is the solution? The solution is to um, to always serve the incomparable beloved devotee, commander of Krishna's army. Who might that be? There's no name mentioned here, but I want to say this is the spiritual master. This is the person entrusted by Krishna to... To guide us. I always, I think many of us, uh, when Srila Prabhupada was present, we felt like he was a general of an army, and we were the foot soldiers, (laughs) and we were happy to be his foot soldiers. Uh, So so like this, um, what does this devotee do? He removes that described here as dog-eating woman of desire for prestige, who is dancing in the heart, the devotee removes that, removes that and replaces with what? With sadhu prema. Uh, Sadhu prema, uh, there's an explanation here, can mean three things. Sadhu prema can mean... Love for sadhus, right uh, It can also mean the love that sadhus give us because that's what that's what sadhus are supposed to be doing, and the word sadhu can simply mean good when someone does something very well some makes a nice performance uh, uh, in In Italian language, you say bravo, bravo. (laughs) In Sanskrit, maybe also in Hindi, you say sadhu, sadhu. It is good, it is very good. Why is it good? Because it's like that which the sadhus are doing. And what are they doing? And they're giving us love. But love for whom? Love for Krishna. And so this is the third meaning. Sadhu-prema can mean the love of Krishna that sadhus help manifest in our hearts. That is the opportunity that uh, Raghunath Das Goswami is offering us. If we address our minds with this attitude, my dear mind, My dear mind, please be my friend instead of being my enemy. Be my friend, and how can you be my friend by turning uh, to these devotees, these commanders of Krishna's army? Instead of turning in circles, instead of trying to solve your problems by yourself, uh, turn in this way uh, to the devotees. And that is... Uh, Raghunath does its first instruction Guru go stey go stala isu sujanai busurgane samantre namni Rajanava yuva dvandva rane sada damam hitva kururatim apurvam atitaram ayes vantar bratas chatavirabiyache Dritapada. oh dear brother oh mind Do you want to hear what Raghunath suggests in his first verse? No? (laughs) Oh, mind, having given up all pride, uh (laughs) uh-oh, having given up all pride, please, please, develop unprecedented and excessive attachment to and now comes a list. Attachment to Sri Guru. We're going to test you after this. Attachment to Sri Guru. No, not Goranga. To Sri Vrindavan. To the abode of cows. Vrindavan is the abode of cows. To the devotee residence of Vrindavan. To all the devotees on this planet. Really? All the devotees? I mean, there are some devotees. Ah, I don't know. (laughs) To the confidential mantra given by Sri Guru, to the holy names of Sri, Sri, Radha, Krishna, and to the process of surrendering to the fresh, youthful couple of Vranja. Holding your feet, I beseech you with sweet words. This is the devotee pleading, my dear mind, he's pleading with sweet words, Uh, chatubi All right, here's the test now. What were some of the objects of one's Turning attention to to have excessive attachment for it, first, Sri Guru. Guru, very good. Second, Rindavan Dam, the abode of the abode of cows. Third, <laughs> yes, the devotee residence of Rindavan. Fourth. devotees wow you're amazing you have such good memories fifth Mm, okay now it's getting difficult no not the, the confidential mantra given by the guru so that's that would be referring we have this process many of you know there's first initiation second initiation so mantras received in that second initiation, they are confidential. To the holy names of Shri, Shri Radha Krishna, or we might want to add Shri Shri Radha. Gopinath, yes. Shri Sri Radha Gopinath Ki, Jai. And what else should we have attachment for? The process of surrendering to the fresh, youthful couple of Vraja. It's a process. A process. Uh, We hear much about this process and we practice it. And here uh, Raghunath Das is telling us, be attached to it. It's good for you. (laughs) It's good for you. It will give you the taste uh, that you are hankering for, uh Syat Krishna Macharitati Sitapya Vidya Pito Pataptarasanasya Narotchikanu Kintwa Rad Anudinam Kalusaiva Jushtas Vadvi Kramat Babatitat Gatamula Hantri there's a problem with our taste buds <laughs> We're not tasting, we're not relishing. Uh, as Rupa Goswami suggests in one of his prayers, if if I had millions of ears, if I had millions of tongues, then I could really relish the holy name. Uh, so we have a we have a, a a jaundice condition. What is the solution to that? There is a process. Srila Prabhupada many times would speak of Krishna consciousness as a gradual progression. We always want everything to go fast, to go quick. Everything yesterday. Um, everything just add water and mix, right? Uh, um, we want um, what do you call it? The microwave. We want microwave oven um, prep prepared meals everything instant. No, this is a gradual process. So, um, what is the process? <laughs> Rupa Goswami says, very simple, just chant. Keep chanting. But when we are chanting, we hear there are ten offenses, and then we say, also... Sort of added on to the end. What is that add on? It is also an offense to be inattentive while chanting. <clears throat> it sounds like an afterthought, but actually, Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur tells us that this, uh, this apparada is the root of all the other apparatus. It's the root. Think about that. If that's the root, that means, if I can, thinking positively now, if I can be attentive when I chant Hare Krishna, then that could mean I would be free of offenses in chanting. If I could be free of offenses in chanting, that could mean I'm coming to the clearing stage. If I'm coming to the clearing stage in chanting Hare Krishna, What does that mean? Well, the the analogy is given of the rising sun. Before the sun rises, it's already light. It's already light. But would anyone say, okay, sun, that's enough. Don't come any higher, please. You stay down, we're going to... Well, maybe in the middle of summer you do want to say that here in India, in, in Mumbai, because it gets so hot. But no, we want the sun to rise, because without the sun, nothing can exist. Uh, life cannot exist. So that analogy is given, because as this, before the sun is rising, something is happening. There's light, we're getting some vision, we're beginning to see things as they are. And that enlivens us to enable us uh, to seek uh, the higher level of Shuddha Nama, pure name, to chant the names of Krishna purely. If we could chant the names of Krishna purely, how wonderful that could be. I'm speaking all of this because I'm preaching to myself, if you don't mind. <laughs> I want to come to that myself. So maybe if I uh, encourage you, uh, Shishi Radha will be um, encouraged to help me in my project. In any case, this is what we're aiming for. And this chanting of the pure name takes us far beyond the problems that the mind may give us, the confusions that the mind may give us, so that a very clear certainty comes. I am an eternal servant of Krishna. And as an eternal servant of Krishna, you can put me in any condition. I don't mind. Krishna, you want to let this person or that person caused me some trouble as we heard yesterday uh, very nice uh, very nice lecture by Shubhavilas Prabhu uh, describing Kuresh Prabhu and all the troubles he went through and how much he accepted those troubles he actually considered the troubles that came to him it must have been the case that I have done something Uh, to cause this in my previous life. But he's saying, let it come, let it come, let it come. Uh, Because of being so firmly situated at the lotus feet of the Lord, it becomes possible to see things in that way. Maharaj Pariksit is not there yet. He's not there yet. He recognizes dharma, But he doesn't have a full understanding of bhakti yet. That is going to come only after he commits a blunder himself. We all know what happens he gets short tempered, and that short temper leads to a curse, but that curse turns into a blessing or it's. It is, it, it, yes, it turns into a blessing, and it's a blessing which is a blessing to all of us, but Maharaj Pariksit in particular, he gets a grand lesson in bhakti, in devotion, and that lesson in bhakti prepares him perfectly for the end of his life, such that when the Uh, when the curse is sort of um, let loose, when the the curse is occurring, um, that he uh, will be bitten by a snake bird, uh, a poisonous snake bird. He's already gone. He's already left. He's already back home, back to Godhead. That's a possibility that Maharaj Pariksit, as a king... A king, an emperor, is an unlikely candidate for this. We are also, we may feel, we are unlikely candidates for the perfection of spiritual life. And yet, here we all are, by Śrīla Prabhupāda's grace, and we are saying, okay, hope against hope. Let's take up this practice. Let us engage in devotional service, uh, with all of our hearts and with all of our minds and in this way perfect this life. Let's do it. Uh, let's hold ourselves um, in the light that Krishna is giving. Krishna surya sam mayahoy andakar jahan krishna Tahanahi nahi mayar adhikar there's no adikar for maya as soon as one is in the light of Krishna. Now, the problem here is what's being described is Kali. But the problem is also the solution. (laughs) Because because it's the age of Kali, it's time to sit down and hear from Srimad Bhagavatam. It's time to hear from Srimad Bhagavatam the lessons that the Lord gives repeatedly to those who are non-devotees, to those who are already devotees but who are not quite there yet, especially lessons on the subject of false pride, to listen to all of these and finally to acknowledge, to recognize the final, the ultimate lesson Kaler de rajan asti hi eko mahanguna. Krishnasya. Kirtanadeva, Krishnasya. Muktasanga paramraj. Uh, this age of Kali. All right, there's so many problems, there's so many faults. They seem to be getting worse. That's predicted. What to do in this condition? Kirtana Dave Krishna Muktasanga Paramraja Hare Krishna Hare Krishna, Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Rama. Hare, Hare, Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama Rama. Rama 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 Hare Hare. Hare. I'm not sure if, um, oh, (laughs) I'm not sure about the time, the scheduling, if we have time for any discussion, um, comments or questions, reflections or complaints. (laughs) Um, But I hope I've said something that um, jogs your reflections. And I hope we have something that uh, have said something that you can uh, take with you to enrich your spiritual life today. Um. Hare Krishna Maharaj. thank you for your yeah. class, Maharaj. Uh, Maharaj, in uh, Manushksha first loga, you just mentioned about uh, devotees, uh, the five things. We have to take shelter. In which, what is the difference between residence of Vrindavan and, and here in State, it is mentioned that devotee residence of Vrindavan. So what is the difference between the two? Difference between residence of Vrindavan and devotee residence of Vrindavan. I don't know that any intended distinction is meant there. Um, I think rather it is highlighting the residence of Vrindavan means Devotees. Someone who is a resident of, of, excuse me, of Vrindavan must be in some way a devotee. <laughs> Nowadays, all kinds of people are living in Vrindavan and sometimes we may wonder, mm. <laughs> is, are they devotees? <laughs> well, first of all, what... <laughs> First, what constitutes residence in Vrindavan? Someone may be, you know, superficially living in Vrindavan. Um, someone may have bought an apartment there and is living there. Is that really residing in Vrindavan? There's different uh, depths of uh, of perception of. Acknowledge, of seeing, of understanding Vrindavan. So my understanding here, the context is devotees means real residents of Vrindavan. They're devotees, otherwise how could they be uh, residents of Vrindavan? But then it brings the question, is someone who is just physically present actually residing in Vrindavan? Yeah. Maharaj, uh, as the verse said, Parikshit, Maharaj is saying, "Identifier of the perpetrator gets the same reaction." So still, I am not able to understand exactly what is the, you know, meaning of this. Is it literal or is it a, a metaphorical way of saying <laughs> that you should be careful before identifying someone? <clears throat> I was afraid you would ask that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's, that brings us back to this purport. Let's read the first half of this again. Prabhupada is saying, Prabhupada is saying, a question may be raised as to why a devotee should refrain from identifying an actor. Why should one refrain or not identify? Actor means someone who has done something. The technical term is karta uh, in Sanskrit, karta. Although he knows definitely that the Lord is the ultimate doer of everything. Now, okay, let's take that first sentence. It seems like Prabhupada is saying, All right, we know the Lord is the cause of all causes, but look. Here's this criminal standing before us. He's done something really abominable, and you're telling me that I should not identify him or her uh, because it's going. To, I'm going to get the same reaction uh, as as that person is getting. Let's continue reading. Knowing the ultimate doer. That must be the Lord. One should not pose himself as ignorant of the actual performer. Actual performer, as I understand, Prabhupada is saying, uh, the one that we, is the tangible, you know, perpetrator of a of a a crime or a misdeed. He's saying one should not. Just because we know that the Lord is the cause of all causes, we should not act as if we are ignorant of the actual performer. The the personality of Dharma is acting as if he doesn't know who is the performer. And Prabhupada seems to be saying, don't be like that. Don't, Don't try to imitate Dharma personified." To answer this doubt, the reply is that the Lord is also not directly responsible, for everything is done by his deputed Maya Shakti or material energy. Okay, so it seems like Prabhupada is saying let's recognize we're not going to blame Krishna for what's happened, and we do recognize there is his Maya Shakti. So we could blame his maya shakti in some abstract way, but that, what does that mean? That is also not going to solve the problem. Um, The material energy is always provoking doubts about the supreme authority of the Lord. Okay, so we can remember that we should not doubt that the Lord is Uh, the supreme authority, then he goes on to say, the personality of religion knew perfectly well that nothing can take place without the sanction of the supreme lord. He knows that, and still he was put into doubts by the deluding energy. So what does he actually know and what does he not know? It's a little confusing. And thus he refrained from mentioning the supreme cause. Now another example of refraining from mentioning the supreme cause, of course, in Canto 1 is Bhishma. We talked about this also two days ago. Bhishma is um, speaking with Yudhishthir. And the question is, what's the cause of all of this trouble that has happened which has um, resulted in this terrible war, the Kurukshetra War? And the answer is standing right in front of them. There's Krishna standing there silently uh, with all of the Pandavas uh, around Bhishma. And Bhishma does not say, actually, the cause is him. He doesn't say that. Uh, hes You can say he's being polite or, or what, um, but he does not mention. So similarly, the Dharma Bull is not mentioning him because they recognize, yes, he's the cause of all causes, but that doesn't mean he's at fault. He is not at fault. Everything the Lord does is perfect because, as I mentioned... He has a plenitude of purposes. uh, And those purposes are being unfolded by his multiple energies, which this is saying they're inconceivable. Okay, now come back to reality, (laughs) practicality. We have someone who's done something wrong, someone who has... uh, Uh, caused some difficulty, some problem. That person needs to be corrected. The devotee recognizes at the same time, There's. you can go on and on endlessly considering what it was that caused this person to do whatever he or she has done. This comes up all the time uh, in the news. In America, it seems like, especially in America, we have a terrible problem uh, with mass shootings, including in schools. Someone walks into a school and starts shooting people. And then the person who has done it, usually they're not caught. They're usually either killed immediately or they kill themselves and then starts the discussion what was it that led this person to do what they did right we're looking for causes and the answer is there is no answer they never they never come up with a there's you can never understand what it was that led this person to that they they try in so many ways to analyze the person psychologically Oh, they had this problem, that problem. Then if a person uh, has done a crime, a serious crime, they're brought to court, and the defense of that person may typically argue insanity. The person has killed this person and was not in their right mind. It was, they were insane. All right, but... Why? (laughs) Why were they insane? What caused that? And so you can keep asking questions endlessly, endlessly. What was the cause of that? Uh, And the devotee saves time and says, behind everything there is maya shakti, and behind maya shakti there is the Lord. And the Lord has multiple purposes. But We may not, we will never understand all those purposes, but we understand one thing. We have to deal uh, with this wrongdoer. And that's what Maharaj Pariksit is going to do. He is going to deal with the wrongdoer that's coming up in the next few verses. How he deals with them is a cause, I would say, for great consternation. Um, because we might have wished that he had done what he initially intended to do which was to kill him on the spot to kill Kali on the spot he doesn't do that (laughs) he doesn't kill him why did you kill Kali then we could stay in Dvapara Yuga or maybe we could have you know Satya Treta Dvapara and again Satya Mm, would be great, yes? No, not possible. But the point is that Maharaj Prikshat, he does identify, he does uh, deal, he takes responsibility. So, depending on our position, uh, we have to take responsibility ourselves. Um, that's always, always the lesson. Yeah. Something else? Yes. Thank you for this wonderful class. So Maharaj, I had this doubt uh, that are there any broad principles based on which we can understand the trajectory of our spiritual progression? Broad principles? To understand the trajectory of our spiritual progression. The trajectory. Oh, yes. Broad principles uh, for seeing the trajectory of our spiritual progress. First of all, do you understand the word trajectory? It's kind of from... We have many engineers here, I think. (laughs) Yeah? I thought so. You all know what a trajectory is, right? (laughs) So you're better at explaining this than me. Uh, Basically, okay, I confess, I grew up in a military family. Um, So, you know, a projectile, some missile, for example, uh, will be aimed lower or higher. So the trajectory is the, uh, the pathway. Yeah, it's just a fancy word for pathway, I suppose. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, so how do we know that we... First of all, we want to know that we're on the path, right? (laughs) Yeah, I want to be on the path. Um, And one might take reassurance... From but it could be a not very helpful reassurance from Krishna's statement in Bhagavad Gita, mama vartmanu vartante, manusha Varta Sarvasha." everyone <laughs> follows my path in all respects. Oh, great, so I'm on the path. Yes, ma'am, yes, sir, but you may be going the wrong way. Yes, you're on the path, but you're spinning in circles on the path. You want to climb the mountain, and instead you're going down the mountain. Everyone is on my path in all respects, Krishna says. He also says, I throw those into hellish conditions who are insisting on being demonic. Uh, A general uh, mapping that we uh, have for our spiritual life comes in two two parts, I would say. The first part is Bhagavad Gita and especially uh, those chapters that sketch out the notion of the uh, tree gunas. Um, it's very nice, it's very helpful to revisit those chapters chapter 14 chapter 17 and a good portion of chapter 18 especially um, because krishna makes it clear that better than tamo is Ranjaguna, and better than raja is sattva guna right uh Why? Because sattva guna is that stage from which then we can really, it's the springboard uh, for uh, progressing uh, steadily in spiritual life. So that's one side. And more broadly, for the first part, we can say Bhagavad Gita. Essentially, Bhagavad Gita is all of the, necessary argument for convincing us yes i should proceed in the right direction on the path of spiritual life yes i want to do it yes i i am determined to do it yes let me follow in the spirit of arjuna let me perform Whatever I need to do, whatever I need to do, let me do it, um, following Krishna's order. That's Bhagavad Gita. And Prabhupada would say many times Bhagavad Gita is the ABCs of spiritual life. Do you all remember way back when you were five years old or so, learning your ABCs? Yeah those were the good old days. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> life was so simple back then. And when you learned the ABCs you thought now I can do anything now I can read anything. <laughs> Turned out to be not quite so simple. ABCs of spiritual life. Then we have the Shrimad Bhagavatam and and we have Srila Rupa Goswami's in a sense, commentary on the Bhagavatam, the nectar of devotion or Bhakti-rasamrita-sindhu. And that's where we get this further mapping which gets a bit more complex where he says, Ado Shradha tata sadhu tata-sadhu-saṅgotha, tato-bhajana-kriya, tato nivritti syat, tato tato-nishta-rucistata, sakti Tato bhava tata prema yudanchati sada khama mayam prem premnab hadurbave babet krama prandurbave babet there's a progression beginning with shraddha and strengthening the shraddha the faith as one progresses in engaging in practical devotional service. Prabhupada always emphasized devotional service. It's not just, oh yes, I am so devoted. No, don't ask me to do anything. <laughs> no, devotional service. Okay, because I'm devoted, I will serve. Adho Sadhu Sangha Association. Association. Sarva sangha, sangha, Sarva hoy, Sarva Siddhihoi. What is it? Lava Matra, saru sangha, Sarva Sangha, hoy. Um, and then Bhajana Kriya, and then Anartha And then, and also this gets elaborated um, by Vishwana Chakavarti Thakur. He gives us a list of six anishtata aspects or unfixedness in our spiritual life. So all of this is mapping. And it's good to make the little effort to uh, get to know the map so that we can see uh, where we are and where we want to go. That's what you use a map for. Right? Nowadays, on our mobile phones we just you know go on google and we click i'm here and i want to go there and it gives us instantly the pathway the the fastest way the i don't know cheapest way (laughs) (laughs) so uh so the the acharyas krishna the acharyas they're giving us maps and this is why we study these, these maps. We're, we're looking, where am I and where do I want to go? And what are the dangers along the way? What are the good uh, uh, landmarks to look for? That's all there in Shastra. Sadhu Shastra Guru Vakya, Rido Ye Koryo Aikya. Satatam bhajibo prema maje, das Thakur says. If I can just hear sadhus, shastra, and guru and make all of the statements that they're telling me an aikya, a singular vision in my heart, <clears throat> then Satatam bhajibo. Then, basibo, then I will constantly float in prema, in love of God. He's anticipating. So like that we can do. Is that all right? Okay, I think... um, I'm looking for somebody to give me a sign but I think <laughs> you know the hook to pull this pull off the Should we stop there or any or is there one more burning question Here's a burning question we can see his head is burning Maharaj, Maharaj, uh, uh, what does it mean to develop attachment for all the devotees on this planet, and how can we do it? That's another question I was afraid you would ask. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I look at it this way. I mean, okay, now comes the confession time. I mean, there are some devotees where I feel like, oh my God, him again. Uh, (laughs) But then I catch myself and I think, okay, let me imagine that it would just be an arrangement of Krishna that I would be put in a situation that is life-threatening to me and that it was Krishna's arrangement That this particular devotee, who I can't stand for whatever reason, just happens to be the one who saves my life. How that's going to change my understanding, my appreciation of that devotee, isn't it? So like that, there's a lot of um, thought experiments you can do whenever you find yourself troubled by, uh, let's say, a lack of appreciation of one or another devotee. There are a lot of sort of, yeah, you can call them thought experiments, where you can change your perspective. We get attached to a particular perspective that we think is us, when it's actually not us, it's just circumstantial. And then from that other perspective, you can uh, awaken in yourself some appreciation of devotee. Another another, uh, way to do this is, okay, here's devotee, such and such, who I'm not appreciating. Think how much that devotee is appreciated by that devotee's mother, Right? Mothers always love their kids, no matter what. I think that's generally the case. <laughs> uh, so like that, you're taking a different perspective. And what this can do is awaken the awareness that, yes, it's potentially possible for me to have space, to have a place in my heart even for such devotees, what we're trying to do in spiritual life is grow our heart. Bhakti Bhaktivinoda Thakur speaks of uh, the heart, the sky of the heart. Jimera Kalyana Sadhanakam Jagate Asiye Madhuranam Abhidya Tapana Rupe Prithagane. Viraje, may the uh, may the, the the Lord's names uh, uh, illuminate. May they shine in my heart, um, um, in the sky of my heart. So, what we're doing in in the practice of bhakti, we we want to expand, expand our hearts, and this is a. It's an individual project. It's also a collective project. And um, this is, I mean, this leads to another point. uh, But um, we want to be careful to not engage or indulge in what we might call a collective false pride. What is a collective false pride? A collective false pride is thinking we have made it and everyone else in the world is in Maya and we don't care about them. Okay, we will save them, but it will be we who save them. Uh, this this false collective false pride can take many different forms. It can take a form of being... Quite complacent uh, about the suffering of others, um, but the broad, the, the the immediate point here is: we want to expand the sky of the heart, or to recognize that um, the heart is. It's a sky. It's a it it has space. It has space uh, for everyone. Is that okay? On that note, I will say thank you all so much for your kind and patient attention, and I wish you all a wonderful day today. Thank you, thank you Mahrez, for such beautiful, wonderful uh, class, such deep wisdom you blessed us, we can certainly think and meditate upon all these uh, insights which you gave on this purport of uh, today's class. Maharaj, is grateful to you and we are eagerly awaiting your uh, further classes here. So, let's express uh, gratitude to Maharaj by loudly chanting three times, Haribo! Praise Holiness, Krishna Chetra, Swami Maharaj, Ki <laughs>